0: You know, part of me, as we uh, jump into this next portion of worship, uh, uh, part of me feels like asking who here wants to be part of a move of God? You know, where God moves by his spirit in a way that uh, we have maybe never seen, leading people to faith in himself in large numbers, God's people living uh, in godliness, repenting of sin, moving beyond it. As we've talked about in recent weeks, um, us reaching out into the community and profoundly communicating the reality of Christ and his love in this world so that others see and come to believe. Do you want that? Is that in your heart of hearts? I'd be, I would love if that were to happen among us. And I pray for it, I do, all the time. And again, I invite you to pray for it. How many of us here would like a move in our own lives? Where God does something really new in us, calls us (laughs) into a deeper understanding and experience of Him, enabling us to live for Him the way that we long to, the way He desires us to. How many want to be part of a move, the movement of God here this morning? Oh, Jeff is waving at me. (laughs) I think, who's that man with the cap and the mask? You know, do we want this? Or is this just something that, you know, we read about from history when God moves in in mighty ways and we don't ever think it might happen here? I want us to want this. I think God wants us to want this. And it will happen only by the movement of God's spirit, and that will only happen through our praying. This isn't my sermon, by the way, but it's an important thing to be stated. So let's pray, and let's ask God to move among us in a powerful, significant way. Lord, we do want to move. We want to see you move in ways that we have never seen you move before. We want to see you move in and through the ministries of our church. Lord, where we know that God is accomplishing incredible things. We want to see you move in our lives, Lord. Taking us forward, leading us in growth and maturity, enabling us. God, we want to see you move now. And as I preach, I pray that these words of mine can become your words to these people. That, Lord, as I do my best to faithfully communicate Scripture, that, Lord, Scripture will come alive to those who are gathered here and those who are listening at a distance. Lord, move now, we pray, and lead us to something more. As we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, we um, are finishing up our series that Eternity is Now in Session. I hope you've really enjoyed it as we've focused on it here Sunday mornings, as we've been studying it in our life groups. I, led by, I read last night, by the way, in that manual that was put together to guide us in prayer, that 240 of you are in life groups. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And I pray for you as well, that God's spirit would move when you gather together. Um, and, and we've learned a lot about what it means to live an eternal life in the here and the Now. The idea being you don't have to wait till you die and go to heaven to know eternal life. Well, the idea of awakening is is at the heart of this. You know, we waken up at some point to the reality of God. And we come to believe in him through Christ. But we also continue to keep awakening to the reality of what this life can be for us. And then there's the whole idea of, of coming to faith initially and having our sins forgiven. And purgation, that odd word that we have used kicks into gear and god begins in that first instance to purge our lives of sin but then that keeps going over and over and over again until we come to that place someday as we mature in faith we'll become a whole lot more godly than we are at the beginning we live a more holy life and the idea of illumination is the third step in this journey of experiencing eternal life where we begin to see as jesus sees and we begin to think as he thinks When we stepped into faith for the first time, we began to see who he was, and we began to see more clearly what he did on the cross for us. We began to see our own need and our need for salvation, and we are led into that relationship with God through Jesus, faith in Jesus. And of course, that keeps happening over the course of our lives. God opens our eyes to see what we couldn't see before as we grow. And in one really significant way, all of these things produce in us and lead us to what is called union, And that's what we're going to focus on today. Union is basically the idea that believers are united to God, that we can live in union with him through Jesus. This is a way of identifying the reality of eternal life and the here and the now, that we move every single human being who chooses to trust in Christ, moves, listen, from alienation from God to being reconciled to God. Every single being... a human being who, who becomes a believer, a follower of Jesus, moves from a disunity with God into unity with him. We move from being separated from God to being united with him. And of course, this is what the cross of Christ is all about. Jesus doing for us on the cross what was necessary to make possible forgiveness, which then makes possible the reality of a relationship with God. So that the divide that comes between every human being born into this world and God is done away with. And we are together with him, if you would. So think about this. Every single human being here and around the world is either alienated from God, separated from God, divided from God, or through faith in Jesus, united to him and in living in union with him. God asks today, is, is that you, that latter reality? Are you living in union With Christ well this is an incredibly spiritual dynamic that Jesus illustrates for us and I'm going to read it to you from uh, one of the ways that he spoke this reality actually is in John 15 verses 4 to 7 this is a passage that we have looked at before I love this passage um, and it's so meaningful to me but let me read this to you verses 4 to 7 of John 15 remain in me as I also remain in you and it will be done for you. It's an amazing passage. And a couple of things are presented to us here by Jesus. And I'm going to be referring also to the message version where it says, live in me, make your home in me, as I have made my home in you. It's the same meaning being unpackaged from this text. But the first thing that's made so clear to us is this, that God, when we receive Christ by faith, makes his home in us. Now, that's something you might have heard for a long time, but I'm telling you, my friends, that is a startling reality. That God lives in us. Do you believe that? If you're a follower of Christ, do you believe that the living God of eternity, the God of heaven and earth, the God who is almighty and all-powerful dwells within you by his Holy Spirit? It's, It's actually shocking when you think about it long enough. See, God is not... Listen to me. God is not distant and far off in some place called heaven. (laughs) God is here. God dwells in us as we trust in Jesus. Let me read John 14, verse 23, just to, to strike this point home. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And listen to this. And we, father and son, will come to them and make our home with them. This can't be more clear. If you are trusting in Jesus, God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit dwells within you. It's a reality. God resides here. He belongs among us. And it is in that experience that we come to that reality called eternal life. This is eternal life. God in us. God at work in me. And in you Colossians 1 27 great verse Colossians 1 27 says this to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is what Christ in you a hope of glory you we are the temple of God Historically in the Old Testament, that place where the presence of God dwelt and where God was worshipped and God was loved. Well, secondly, what this text tells us is that we are to make our home in God. Now, this is mysterious, right? This is profound. This is different thinking. We have spoken of it before as we've looked at this text. But Jesus says, live in me, Remain in me as I remain in you. He's saying that we dwell by the Spirit of God in Him. In that reality. Paul writes 150 times in his epistles, in his letters, which make up a good portion of the New Testament, the little phrase, in Christ. In Christ. We are in Christ. Romans 6 verse 11. What does it say? Romans 6, verse 11, just various examples of these dynamics. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, do you know right now that you are in Christ? That you dwell in Him by the Spirit of God? That you are united to Him? And it's not just an association, it is union with Jesus, He with us, and us with him. And of course, Jesus moves forward in this text uh, to to, to describe this dynamic reality to us that we're called to. And of course, he uses the analogy of a vine and a branch, those two parts of a plant which are organically one whole. (laughs) That's how close and connected we are to Jesus. And I'm not saying that we ought to be. We are that organically connected to Christ. We are one with him. And we are to live out this reality, Jesus saying, if you remain in me, if you live in me as I live in you, we're to to experience this every single day of our lives. We're to live out the reality of the union that we have to to Christ himself. And there are two options that emerge in what Jesus says to us here. Number one is that we do exercise that union. We do live it out. We do experience in, in an ongoing way our being united with Christ like this, close to him, connected to him. Experiencing him, loving him, or we are united, because that's what a believer is. But we don't experience that. We just don't. Paul talks about a, a another a, an analogy that's a little different than Jesus, and I'm just going to speak to it really briefly. <clears throat> and we're not going to read the text, but but what Paul says is that when 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 we are united as as, as a married couple, and he quotes. Uh, Genesis with the same verses Jesus quotes and 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 he quotes it in in Ephesians chapter 5 He says, you know that the two people husband and wife shall become one Um, One flesh and what's being spoken to and I've mentioned it before when he says one flesh He's he's talking about way more the Bible's talking about way more than a physical union of sexuality He's talking about being united becoming one physically and emotionally and spiritually and mentally in every way We are united in the presence of God, by the taking of vows, and we become one in the eyes of God. And then the reality, what, 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 what we're called to is to recognize that Christ in the church, this is a New Testament theme, is illustrated in that marriage relationship so that we are to be united in the same way. Now, if you're married, you know that you don't always feel great unity with your spouse, Right? There are times when we are living in more disunity or separation than we are in unity and connectedness. But we can, if we choose, give ourselves to that that relationship and learn to live out the unity that God has created in marriage. And it's the same call that Jesus gives to us. Live in that close, intimate relationship with me. And what he says is, if you will do this, you will produce much fruit out of your lives will come the fruit of godliness. Out of your lives will come, come the realities which we long to as we live in relationship with Jesus. Now, what do we learned from this? Number one, and this is a John Ortberg quote. It comes from the book that he has written and, and maybe from the video teaching that he gives. I can't quite remember, but John Ortberg wrote this. The job of the branch, and that's us. Jesus is the vine. We're connected to the branch organically. We are one whole. We live in unity with him. The job of the branch is not to produce fruit, but to receive life from the vine. How do you think about that? Uh, the, the job of the, of the branch is not to produce fruit, but to receive life from the vine. You see, our focus is not to be fruit producing. Oh, I've got to live this way or that way, or I've got to become this. Our focus is to be re- to remain in Jesus, to live in him, to stay intimately and lovingly connected to him. To focus on the reality of the union that we have and what Jesus is saying essentially is this if you will do that you will naturally and easily produce the good things that God wants for our lives and what we want for our lives to in Christ See, you don't have to work at it a branch doesn't have to work at producing fruit it's just what happens when it's being fed from the vine and that strength and that vitality is coming from the vine into the branch And Jesus says, if you stay connected to me and if you allow my strength and my vitality to flow from me to you, everything else will flow easily. Now, I want to suggest to you that a lot of Christians don't live this way. Somebody here or some people here may not live as what I'm describing to you. For a lot of people, God is not internal to us. God is external to us. He's out there somewhere. And for a lot, of, a lot of people, God is not close at hand. He's far away in a place called heaven. And for, for these folks, so often, they think that the Christian faith is all about figuring out how to please him and working hard in order to do so. It becomes a job that they have. They're supposed to worship, and they're supposed to give, and they're supposed to serve, and they're supposed to avoid sin and live a godly life. But so often when they... Disconnected from the vine, if you would, not living in the union which exists. So often they fail in their attempts because they lie simply on their own strength. That's why Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Is that you? You know, a lot of us struggle with a lot of things. Let's think about sins and so forth, and we want to get over them. For some people, it's, you know, it's gluttony. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat less. <laughs> I'm going to eat less. For some people, it's a struggle with pornography. I'm not going to look anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Some people, it's, you know, anger that seems to flare and hurt people. I refuse to be angry. And we get to that place where we think somehow in our own strength, we can accomplish the fruit that God desires for our lives. And what does Jesus say? He says, apart from me, you can do. Say it. Nothing. Don't expect to live a godly and a holy life if you're not... Living in him, remaining in him, abiding in him, the old texts used to say, deeply and actively connected with Jesus. Don't expect it, because you don't have the power in yourselves in order to do it, nor do I. It's a fool's errand to think such a thing is possible. And see, these are the folks that Jesus says, without the strength, without the vitality flowing from the vine into the branch, these are the folks that end up these withered, lifeless branches that are no good to anyone. They just get thrown away because they're not producing fruit. Do you see what Jesus is saying? <laughs> there's, there's a corollary to this. Jesus is saying, if you will focus your life on staying connected with me, my friends, that's where the power will come from. That's where the vitality in your life will come. That's where the spiritual strength, my strength flowing through you, and it will enable you to be, be fruitful in every way. And I want to tell you, these people who live in this fashion, followers of Jesus who live in this fashion, experience the reality of the living God dwelling in them, acting through them, accomplishing what he wishes to be accomplished. I'm talking about a very spiritual dynamic, and I hope you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I hope with all of my heart that you'll learn it, that you will choose to step into this and you will experience it. See, these folks, (laughs) in order to produce fruit, it's easy. Because Christ, is, is, we're so connected to him so that we want to worship, we want to give, we want to serve, we want to avoid sin and live a godly, holy life. Can you imagine when you, that you, at some point, whatever sin you might struggle with right now, for example, you, you can come to a place where you want godliness and holiness more than what you want, the sin, so much so that you step away from it and purgation happens, you're purged of it, and you're set free. See, this is why Jesus said in Matthew, for my yoke is, say it, easy, and my burden is light. It's not supposed to be hard to follow Jesus. It's supposed to be easy, and the burden that he puts on our shoulders isn't heavy obligation. You're supposed to do this, and you're supposed to do that. It's supposed to be light so that we can live free. And I want to tell you, my friends, what is being described in this experience of union with Jesus and connectedness with him and his strength flowing through us to produce fruit. This is eternal life in the here and now. Let me ask you this. Are you experiencing it? Or is this eternal life something you just think is far off and distant and someday might happen to you? You see what happens in this instance. Us connected to Jesus... Well, there is an initial and then lots of awakenings when we waken up to God and what that life looks like. And there are lots of moments of purgation where God purges us from sin. Jesus, by His Spirit, convicts. He points it out, and He enables us to move beyond. And there are lots of moments of illumination where we begin to see what Jesus sees and think what Jesus thought. We actually begin to desire the things of God because of the power, the presence, the activity of Christ who dwells within us. All of this because of the reality of living in and expressing and experiencing the union that we have with God, who dwells right here. Now, I'm just going to throw this this in. You know, the whole idea of of, of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5 who wants to be more like Liz, this? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wants more of that in their lives? You can go at any of those and say, "I'm going to be more loving." You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have, uh, have more uh, uh, gentleness in my life. Enough with the harsh stuff. I can have more self-control in my life, and I'm going to produce it. And I'm telling you here and now, based on the authority of Jesus' words in John 15, highly likely you will fail. Because you don't have it in you to accomplish that long term. You might scrape by for a few days. It is only Jesus at work in you, empowering you to live as he calls you to live, that you will discover the deeply spiritual reality of union with Christ. Now, how does does this happen? Well, I want to suggest to you the key to this is attending to our connection with Christ. Really focusing our lives upon it. Give you an illustration. A week ago, I was up at our family cottage and I had some work to do. There are three beams that come out the front of the cottage. You know, they're external to the building, one at the peak, and then two at the sides. And they're quite large, they're, they're substantial. And what's happened over the last few years, we have discovered, is some dry rot began to happen in the one on your right, my left. And we had someone come in because in the end it was the best solution, and and and, and take the beam that was squared, but actually cut off a portion so that the, now it's sloped and the dry rot was cut off. And it was my job, on one of the last weekends of the year, to paint that beam. It was bare wood and we wanted to paint the whole beam anyway to prevent more dry rot. Well, I was ready to go. I went up north and um, took my sander with me, my little palm sander, you know, and all ready to go. I plugged the sander into the extension cord. I plugged the extension cord into an external um, outlet. Went to the sander and I turned it on and What happened? Nothing happened. I thought, well, maybe that plug is faulty. We've had some problems with those external plugs. I went to a different external outside plug, and I plugged it in, and I went to my sander, and I turned it on, and nothing happened. I said, well, I'm going to plug uh, the the extension cord into an an outlet on the inside of the home, which I know works. And I went to the sander, and I turned it on, and nothing happened. Well, at this point, I began to actually use my brain, and I realized, Chris, you've got to go back, and you've got to take a look at the plug from the sander going into the uh, into the extension cord. I had wiggled with it a little before, initially, and nothing had made a difference, but I went, and, and I played with it. You know, you move the prongs around so they might get a greater connection, and I really pushed them together hard, and I went to the sander, and there was power. <laughs> power that enabled... Me to do the job. Power that enabled the sander to function fruitfully. Can we say? You see, power flowed from the uh, outlet to the extension, from the extension to the sander, and ultimately the job was done. It all depended on the connection. I'm going to ask you this right now, just by way of illustration: How well, right now, are you connected to your Jesus? Are you living in the union that you have with him? Are you making your home in him as he makes his home in you? You know, using the message version again, are you living in him? Are you remaining in him? Are you abiding in him? Are you living out the union, the connection, the unity that you do have with Jesus or somehow that's just not on the table? We are to live in Christ. We are to make our home in him. My friends, in order to do that, we have to put ourselves in the place of being with Jesus over and over and over again so that he might strengthen us, so that his vitality might flow from his spirit into our spirit so that we might be fruitful for God. You now, Scripture is part of this. I'm going to read to you chapter 15 of John and then and verse 7. Again, it says this, If you remain in me... That's our call. That's what we get to decide. And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How many of you want a prayer life where you ask God for what you wish and he does it? Like seriously, (laughs) this is the promise of Jesus? But it's dependent upon our remaining in him, living in him, being united with him, close, intimate relationship with Christ. So the word of God, my words remain in you. It's critical. It's part of this. As we hear the words, the word of God comes by the work of the spirit. Our minds are transformed. Our hearts are transformed. And we connect with the Lord. Happens in our homes when we have a devotional time on a daily basis. Connect with Jesus. Happens when you come to worship. I hope and I pray that you're hearing the word of God and you connect with Jesus. We can study the word of God. We can read books about it. We can... can, can go on teaching set seminars and so forth that are abundant online. And when we come to that place in, and, and we allow our spirit to connect with the spirit of Jesus, the vitality and the strength will flow and we will be enabled to do much, including have an incredibly powerful prayer life. I heard lately of, of someone who very recently had a two-day retreat of solitude and silence. Have you ever done that? Two days of going away by yourself and spending that time in silence in order to to experience the nearness, the closeness, the union that you have with Christ. I want to tell you, in my experience, the best way to remain in Jesus, to hear his voice, is two days away in solitude and silence. No television, no phone, just you and Christ, I want to tell you, he will speak, and you will be drawn into that intimate relationship that you might know with him. I spoke to a a really godly man this week in my estimation, and he says that his experience of the Lord is most profound every day when he goes for a walk. Now, that's not my experience of remaining in Christ, but for him, it is profound, because on that walk, he encounters Christ, And it's precious to him. It is is his time of connection. There are so many spiritual practices that exist that allow us to experience Christ and remain in him. We have to find out what works best for each of us. My friends, as we discover these things, we will discover Jesus is here and we will discover that he's powerful and we will discover that he can change our hearts and our minds and that he can enable us to do what he wants us to do. And in the end of the day, the question becomes, how connected are we and how committed are we to connection? Think of extension cord and think of sander, putting the two together. It's simple. This is not hard, but it is profoundly important for those who wish to follow Christ faithfully. To finish up, I want to return to the verse that we began this series worth when Jesus defines eternal life as I said, then as this material that we use I have been using says so clearly there's only one time Jesus in detail defines eternal life and it's John 17 verse 3 and there it says now this is eternal life. You can't get more clear in Jesus. This is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ. Whom you have sent. You know what eternal life is? (laughs) It's knowing God the Father, knowing Him intimately, personally. And it is knowing Jesus Christ, His Son. And I want to tell you when we live our lives in that way, we are experiencing eternal life. Let me say this just in conclusion. You don't have to wait till you die and go to heaven in order to really know God. You don't have to wait till you die and go to heaven for God to have a profound influence in your life. You don't even have to wait to die and go to heaven to think God's thoughts and desire His desires. And you don't have to wait to die and go to heaven in order to live a truly godly life, one that honors the Lord, empowered by His strength, enabled by Jesus himself. You can know that here and you can know it now. I don't know about you, but to me, that is remarkable. Me, in relationship with my Lord who dwells within me. Intimate, loving, close connection, day by day by day, exercised, experienced in order that I might think like him, see like him in order that that union can be expressed in so many ways so that the, the, the life, the vitality, the strength flows from Jesus into my life. I might be everything he wants me to be. Anybody want that here? Anybody long to live like that for Christ? I'm here today simply to tell you, if you want it, you can have it. You can know it. And you can experience it this life with Christ, if only you remain in him. Draw close to him. Live in deep <clears throat> unity and fellowship with the living God who dwells in you. Let me pray. Lord, so often we try in our own. We think somehow we can overcome the sin in our lives. We can work hard and serve you, Lord, and be effective for your kingdom. We can become the people that you want us to become. We can do the things that you want us to do. But Lord, so often it's a struggle because we're trying all on our own. Not connected to you in the way that we might be. But Lord, we've heard today that we are living in union with you and it's only for us to make as a great priority in in our lives. uh, The coming into your presence the being with you that we can know, the experiencing of you through your word, so that, Lord, we are strengthened with vitality that flows from your very being into our own. God, I feel like praying right now, especially for people who find following you hard, not easy, heavy, not light. I pray for those people, Lord, who are struggling to live the way you want them to, but they can't seem to find a way to do so. And I pray for those people in particular, Lord, that they will stop trying so hard to do all those things the way they ought to be done and they will just give their, their time, their attention, their energy to drawing close to you and living in and living out the union that they have with you. God, we want to be fruitful. We want to be godly. We want to be holy. We want to be effective for your kingdom. Make us a people, Lord Jesus, who remains in you every day, day after day after day, week after week after week. Let us be a people who abide in you. Let us be a people who live in you, who make our home in you. God, this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.